This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another edition of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Very exciting times we're looking at in the NFL world. We just got done with the 2021 NFL Draft. Got to have it in person. We all got to see Roger Goodell's suite brown leather sitting chair on the stage that, that due to covid and we still let everybody share that chair yes well you had to be vaccinated to be in person at the, at the stage so you know we're following close safety guidelines in the nfl um but nonetheless we saw in my mind a very entertaining draft this year lots of moves uh lots of lots of big things i know the seattle seahawks fan base has got to be super excited you know they made all kinds of moves and got a lot of key players and uh um, okay, not really, but but there was some exciting stuff that happened. Um, obviously, with this being a, a fantasy podcast show, um, we're going to highlight and talk about some of the uh, skill positions. So we'll just give a brief. You want to run through all seven rounds? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So ob- obviously, the Jags took Trevor Lawrence number one overall, uh, and then in another non-surprising move, Zach Wilson went number two. Yeah. First surprising. Um, Pick of the night was Trey Lance at three. Everybody expected that to be Zach Jones or Justin Fields or Zach Jones, Mac Jones <laughs> or Justin Fields. And in a surprise move, it was uh, Trey Lance at four. You had the most athletic player in the entire draft going to the Atlanta Falcons and Kyle Pitts. Uh, at five, you had the number one wideout in the class going to the Bengals and Jamar Chase. Instead of adding a, a, a offensive lineman to protect their first overall pick last year, and Joe Burrow united in it might not feel good. It might not. Uh, at 10, you had Devonta Smith go to the Philadelphia Eagles. They had to trade in division uh, with the Cowboys to move up there. Uh, at 12, or excuse me, at 11, you had Justin Fields go to the Chicago Bears. Super aggressive move for the Bears. Really, really like that pick. Yep. Uh, at 15, you had Mac Jones fall to uh, the Patriots. That was surprising to me that the NFL world was able to sleep on that and let Bell Belichick get a, a, a stud quarterback like that to fall to him. Uh, 20, Ed Kadarius Tony to the Giants. 24, Najee Harris to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, not surprising there. The next pick, very surprising at 25, Travis Etienne reunites with Trevor Lawrence and goes to Jacksonville. 27, Rashad Bateman goes with a no-quarterback team to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, 20, or excuse me, 34 was Elijah Moore to the New York Jets. Uh, 20 or 35, Javonta Williams to the Broncos. Uh, 49, Rondale Moore went to the uh, Cardinals. 55, Pat Freemuth went to the Steelers. 56 was Dwayne Eskridge to the Yay, uh, just what we need. Uh, a little 2 2 Atwell action at 57 to the Rams. Terrence Marshall went to the Panthers. Kyle Trask went to the Buccaneers. Kellen Mond went to the Vikings. Davis Mills went to Stanford. I really like Davis Mills there. That went to Houston. Pick. Houston, sorry. <laughs> he did go to he did go to Stanford first. Though. He was at Stanford. Yes. <laughs> uh, Hunter Long got drafted out as the tight end to Miami. Dwami Brown, this is a big one, went to the Washington football team. Tommy Trimble, the tight end out of Notre Dame, went to the Panthers. The Green Bay Packers finally got a white weapon for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the the wide receiver, another A-Rod to join the team, if you will, Amari Rodgers out of Clemson. Absolutely love that fit there. Trey Sermon went to the 49ers. Uh, Nico Collins, the wide receiver from Michigan, got drafted by the Houston Texans. Trey McKitty, 
the Georgia tight end, went to the Chargers. Michael Carter went to the running back from uh, North Carolina. The other two-headed monster with Javonta Williams went to the Jets. Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC, went to the Lions. Kine Ningwagu, the backup running back behind Bryce Hall at Iowa State, got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. Ramondre Stevenson went to the the running back out of Oklahoma, went to the Patriots. John Bates, the tight end from Boise State, went to the Washington football team. Chuba Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State, went to the Panthers. Tylon Wallace, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, went to the Ravens. Ian Book, the quarterback from the University of Notre Dame, went to the uh, New Orleans Saints. Brevin Jordan, the tight end out of Miami, went to the Houston Texans. Kenneth Gainwell, the running back from Memphis, went to Philadelphia. Amir Saint or Meyer Smith Marset, the wide receiver from Iowa, went to the Minnesota Vikings. Noah Gray, the tight end from Duke, went to the uh, Chiefs. So Travis Kelsey, drop him if you got him. Uh, <laughs> Zach Davidson, the tight end from Central Missouri, went to the Vikings. Simi Fihoko, for the wide receiver from Stanford, went to the Cowboys. Cornell Powell, the wide receiver from Clemson, went to the Chiefs. Ben Mason, the fullback out of Michigan, went to the Ravens. Oh, cool. Nice he, little boost for Lamar is Jackson. Gonna, is he going to lead block for the quarterback? Yes, very strong possibility. Sorry uh, for the extra running back. Right. Uh, Frank Darby, the wide receiver from Arizona State, went to the Falcons. Elijah Mitchell, the running back from Louisiana Lafayette, went to the 49ers. Larry Roundtree, the running back. From Missouri, went to the Chargers. Chris Evans, the running back from Michigan, got drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals. Marquez Stevenson, the wide receiver from Houston, got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Shai Smith, the wide receiver from South Carolina, went to the Panthers. Demetric Felton, the running back slash wide receiver from UCLA, was drafted by the Browns. Uh, Khalil Herbert, the running back from Virginia Tech, got selected by the Bears. Quarterback Sam Ellinger from Texas got drafted by the Colts. Daz Newsom, wide receiver from North Carolina, was selected by the Bears. Uh, Michael Strachan, the wide receiver from uh, University of Charleston, was selected by the Indianapolis Colts. Jake Funk, the running back from Maryland, was selected by the Los Angeles Rams. Trey Nixon, the wide receiver from the University of Central Florida, was selected by the Patriots. Jared Dokes, the running back from Cincinnati, was selected by the Dolphins. Ben Skronek from Notre Dame was selected as a wide receiver to the uh, Rams. Kawan Baker, the wide receiver from South Alabama, was selected by the New Orleans Saints. Running back Kylan Hill from Mississippi State was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. And Jamar Jefferson, the running back from Oregon State, was drafted by the Lions. And last but not least, Dax Milne, the wide receiver from BYU, was selected by the Washington football team. So very interesting draft. There was a lot of, lot of, guys, a lot of times teams traded up for certain players. Um, a lot of um, unexpected things happened. Um, as a whole, I think this running back class uh, suffered pretty mightily. But let's get right into some risers and fallers that we've seen from this draft. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of my veteran risers, I've got Mike Gusecki for Miami. I think he's a riser. They didn't add uh, a running back to add to that depth there. Yeah, they did. Uh, Miles Gaskin, not Mike Gusecki. Wow. It is our Monday, folks. Just bear in mind. It is our Monday. (laughs) Miles Gaskin is a riser because they didn't add anything in the draft. They did add Malcolm Brown during the offseason. But uh, Gaskin already knows the the system and everything else. Not so fast, my friend. They did add Jared Dokes, the running, the explosive running back from the University of Cincinnati in the seventh round. He is a player to keep your eye on. I have him as a huge riser because the competition in front of him is not nearly as fierce as some of these other guys. It's seventh round pick. Does he even make it out of camp? Hey, there's lots of undrafted running backs in the NFL that make it out of camp. That's true. That's true. Another one I got is uh, Mike Davis. Now they did add a uh, undrafted rookie there um, in um, JV on Hawkins. JV on Hawkins. Um, but other than that, there's they didn't add anything else to really uh, contend with him. Um, so I think both of those running backs take a boost up um, from where they were, just because they're not there. There's no real depth chasing them coming out of this draft uh jared goff is one of my biggest biggest risers he gets himself he finds himself a few weapons in the in the draft and he also got some uh protection too so he's not gonna hopefully he doesn't have to sit there and throw as much as or on the run as much as he has or as much as stafford had to and the raiders didn't add any depth at their wide receiver so their wide receiver core i think will stand pat pretty much where it was yeah, I've got um, the Jet, the Jaguars pass catchers are risers from adding Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I think um, Allen Robinson is a huge riser from this. We all know how frustrated he was, how he wanted to go out and play with a real quarterback. He's made public statements about that. The Bears getting Justin Fields could be huge for keeping Allen Robinson in town. Absolutely. Absolutely could be. What do you got for fallers for veterans before we move into some of these guys that were drafted? One of my biggest fallers is Miles Sanders. The addition of Howard in the offseason, well, keeping Howard in the offseason. They also still have Scott on the roster. Then they turn around and probably draft what could be one of the top five running backs from this draft class in, draft class in Kenneth Gainwell. So, Miles Sanders, there's a whole, lot of, a whole lot of competition there for him to stay a full-blown workhorse. Uh, James Robinson's another big faller with the addition of ETN. Unfortunately, the uh, draft capital states that probably ETN's going to get the uh, – majority of the work there um i still think james robinson james robinson will still have some fantasy value but uh it's definitely going to come way down from where it was last year um jimmy g is another one with trey lance sitting there barking up or uh barking up his tree now Uh, melvin gordon is another uh faller that i have uh with the addition of uh, uh williams there out of unc so um and then Christian Kirk is uh, one that I'd be falling too um, because he was scheduled to be the slot guy there, and they added Rondell Moore, who is a small slot guy and, I, in my own opinion, is definitely more talented than Christian Kirk. So I think those are two big fallers. Are, um, he will be a big faller out of – I don't know if he'd have any fantasy relevancy right now. Um, but, yeah, those are some of my fallers. Um, I mean, some of the – some of the other uh, key additions. Um, another one is Jamison Crowder. I don't even know if he'll be on the roster anymore. I know there was talks of him being a cut candidate, everything else, and they had a Elijah Moore there to um, to fill his void with a new quarterback. So I don't even know if Jamison Crowder will still be on the roster there. I saw something written down in your notes that I'm trying to find here for myself. 
and I should just be patient and wait because obviously it's something I missed. So I think we will. I'll just be patient and wait. All right. So um, let's let's talk about. I've got a longer list of risers from the draft than I do fallers. So let's focus on some of these fallers a little bit. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw some out there. And if you disagree with me, don't, don't hesitate to jump in. But one of my biggest fallers for me, there's two that I have a top, a, a notch above everybody else. I think Trey Lance is, is a faller. And, and here's my reason why Trey Lance could stand a benefit from sitting for a few years. Yes. I know Jimmy Garoppolo's there. But since the draft, I've heard nothing coming out of that organization other than the fact that they have a, 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 an immense amount of faith in Trey Lance. And a lot of um, other experts believe Trey Lance will be the starter at least halfway through the season, if not earlier. If that happens, I could see Trey Lance's career coming to a short, brief halt. Yes, he's got the arm strength. Yes, he's got the, the agility. He's, he's, a, he's a smart kid. But he's coming out of a, a school with no competition. He only played one full season in college, and he played one game this year, and he was 15 for 30 with, what, two interceptions? He did not look good. Um, and we're getting ready to come play in the, in, in a, in the big boys now, and, and you're going to play with the toughest defense in football twice a year. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm excited about, about his landing spot. Um, you know, I'm glad the Falcons didn't, but a better spot would have been Atlanta for him. He could have sat for, for a couple of years behind Matt Ryan. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo was better or – the Jimmy Garoppolo we all expected to see where we had no doubt that Trey Lance was going to sit for a year. I wouldn't have, be as uh, on edge as I am about this one. I, I, I just really don't like the fit for him there. I still, I still think he's the fourth best, and that's what I had him listed as going into this draft. I still think he's going to be the be the fourth best quarterback um, in this. So he, he's not really a follower. Who do you have him in, in front of? In front of? what? Out of the big five, who's the one you have behind him? You got Lawrence in front of him, Wilson Lawrence, in front of him, Fields, Fields in front of him. You got Mac Jones. I got Mac Jones with the yeah. Patriots, with the mastermind, Bill Belichick, the great offensive line. They just yeah, because I think there. I okay. think uh, Mac Jones is also going to sit for a year. Uh, Trey Lance, I think, will end up sitting the entire year, barring an injury. Now, if Jimmy G gets hurt like he no normally does, then I think Trey Lance is going to have to step in. But as long as Lance gets to sit that year, he's coming into a great offensive system. Uh, one of the best lines that they have in the NFL. So I don't, I don't see him much as a faller out of where I, where originally I had him. All right, so my other huge faller, I've got a, a tie here, and it's because these two guys fell in the same bad situation. Tylon Wallace, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, and Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver out of Minnesota, both go to where our favorite quarterback plays, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Listen, if Lamar Jackson comes out and proves me wrong, I will be the first one to get on the rooftop and shout it as loud as I can. Lamar Jackson's a quarterback. Yes, I've heard he's working on his arm strength. Yes, I've heard he's working on his pocket passing. We've had him in the league for what three years now. Where is it at? Well, see, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all on this. The only thing I can say that keeps maybe Bateman up there in the top ten, no longer in the top five, keeps him in the top ten is is he is still a good possession receiver. But he's an outside guy, and let's let's be honest. Where does Lamar, when he does throw those 15 to 20 times a game, he throws in the middle of the field Correct. because he can't throw outside. His accuracy is, is junk outside. Correct. So, I mean, adding those two guys, great. You added two outside wide receivers. You have Marquise Brown there, who I don't think he's even been inside the top 30 of, of uh, wide receivers in the two years he's been in the pros. Then they also have Miles Boykin still there. John Roche still there. Devin Duvernay. Uh, Devin Duvernay's there. Duvernay's there. Mark have, Andrews is Mark still Andrews. There. But they have like seven receivers on their roster. And you don't throw the ball, but maybe 20 times a game. I, I, I'm I, sorry, Bateman. I, I, I wish you would have 
when the Giants traded back, I thought your career was saved, but boy, was I ever so wrong. Yeah, uh, I, I actually kind of have uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown as a slight riser from this because he will be able to go play the slot, which actually should increase his target share because he'll be working the middle of the field more often than not. But uh, Tylon Wallace, Rashad Bateman, unless Lamar Jackson comes out and proves me wrong, I feel b- bad for both of you. Go get your money <laughs> while you're young because you ain't going to get none at contract time because you ain't going to have nothing to hang your hat on, unfortunately, unless uh, Ta- or Trace McSorley gets in. And then in that case, you guys will both be Pro Bowl wide receivers. Um, another huge faller I have is Sam Ellinger. Um, when we did our quarterback episode, we talked about it. He's got one of the most complete resumes, college career. Stats were almost the best out of everybody. He had the most yards. He had most touchdowns. Kid was a stud in college. Um, Granted, the University of Texas never got back to the promised land when he was there. Um, But he gets drafted to the Colts, who just traded for Carson Wentz. And let's not forget, they drafted Jacob Fromm last year. Jacob Eason last year from the University of Washington. So there's already – Three young court or two young quarterbacks on that roster. Now you join in and throw in Sam Ellinger. I'm I'm not a crazy fan of this move. Um, it's just I had high, higher hopes for this quarterback class than what I got um, as well. And then really to me, I have uh, in my notes. You can see it, Walker, looking at it, and in my follower section, I have running back class, and I have it underlined um, because. Kylan Hill going to the Packers, third on the depth chart. He was a guy that could go someplace, and he could have been a workhorse back. Uh, Jamar Jefferson, another quick, elusive back, goes and gets drafted to the Lions to sit right behind a guy he mirrors. He has a lot of the same traits that DeAndre Swift does. And then you also don't forget, they still have Johnson there, and they have uh, Williams. They just just added Jamal Williams. Yeah, so, I mean, terrible fit, terrible fit. Then you keep going. Chuba Hubbard, 2,000 yards from the line of scrimmage two years ago. Stud in college. Goes to get sits behind Christian McCaffrey. Kenneth Gainwell, another guy that was talked about in our top five wide running backs coming into this class, gets drafted to a, a loaded running back room. Elijah Mitchell gets drafted by the 49ers. Trey Sermon drafted by the 49ers. There's already Raheem Mostert, Jamichael Hasty, and Jeff Wilson Jr. on that Wayne roster. Gallman. And Wayne Gallman now on that roster. These guys could have went to places where they could have seen an impact. The Atlanta, if any of these guys go to the Atlanta Falcons – we're talking about them in a different light. Absolutely. We're talking about them as a riser instead of a faller. But because they went to these situations, which, again, this you see this in the draft every year, and it stinks for fantasy because you've got five names, six names here that you can cross off. I want nothing to do with I don't care what round I'm drafting, and I want nothing to do with them. And the bad part about it is you get a person like Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell going to the Niners. So that now brings down your veterans there too because Sermon has shown very capability of being a, a running back in the NFL and or being able to adapt to the NFL level uh, by playing from the, in the Big Ten. So, I mean, he's going to steal some carries from him. Kenneth Gainwell, prime example, he's going to steal some carries. May not be your 10, 15 carries a game, but he's definitely going to steal five to 10 carries a game or touches yeah. in general. Yeah, and it and so so not only are we watering down the the, the talent we already have on our rosters, now we're what, what, um, watering down the talent we could be potentially adding to our teams. So again, for me, um, for me, this is a, a, a tough one because my need is running back. Okay, in, in this in this upcoming rookie draft that we're getting ready to have for our dynasty league, and so I'm sitting here scratching my head, going, "Well, wait a minute! Now there's only like five or six guys that are even, you know, worthy of a dart throw in this in this draft." And if there's anybody else that's running back needy at all, 
the chances of me getting multiple of these running backs are, are, are dropping ever so fast. Um, so really, I, I, that's about all I had for risers and fallers. I could probably spend a little bit more time and dive a ton deeper and find more. But I, th those are really where I was kind of at with the guys that I that I didn't have a lot of faith with. Absolutely. One of my So let's talk about some of the best fits or risers of this rookie class. One of my favorite ones is Des Fitzpatrick going to Tennessee. Should be able to take over the Corey Davis role in that Titans offense and see the, the vacated targets. Who is Des Fitzpatrick? He's Louisville wide receiver. Okay, no clue. That's the one I was looking at your notes going, where did I miss this at? Because I don't see it. Yeah, he was a wide receiver for Louisville. Okay. Was he drafted? Yes. Okay, I just missed it. Whatever. That's great. Um, I, I have – obviously, I have Trevor Lawrence as one of my risers, which is incre incredible. But when you look at where the system he's going to, they already have the weapons in place. I think they wrote the date right. They, they, they have um, Urban Meyer, who's – Got a track record for putting out some great quarterbacks, at least in college. Maybe they haven't translated, but now that quarterback-friendly system is following Trevor Lawrence to the NFL. And then, not to mention, he gets one of his best weapons from college to come to the team with him in, in Travis Etienne. Now, I don't have Travis Etienne as a riser or a follower necessarily because I want to see how that backfield plays out. Uh, again, James Robinson was a stud last year. Um uh, but yeah, the draft capital was non-existent. They spent a first rounder on Travis Etienne. So I think Travis Etienne could be in for a bigger role than a lot of people are saying, which is unfortunate because again, James Robinson is a capable back and Travis Etienne seems to be a capable back. You put them on separate teams. They're both fantasy relevant, put them together. I don't know what to expect. Uh, I have Mac Jones as one of my biggest risers in this class. Again, excuse my language. How the hell does the NFL let Bill Belichick get another quarterback that can throw the ball? This makes no sense to me. My mind is completely blown. I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to be um, – I'm not saying that Mac Jones is going to be Tom Brady. I'm not I'm not trying to point that out. I'm not trying to say anything. But he's a hell of a lot better than Cam Newton. And you put a guy like uh, – you put a guy like uh, Mac Jones in this, this, this system where Bill Belichick just puts players in places to win – and here you are. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm sitting there. I'm not even a New England fan. My team had no draft in the first, no pick in the first round, and I'm sitting there screaming at the TV, yelling at the entire NFL. You're going to allow Belichick to get another system quarterback that's yeah. going to fall right into a system. Yeah. So, uh, yes, Desvik Patrick was drafted in the fourth round by the Tennessee Titans. Okay, I just so, missed that. Yes, one. yes. I, I thought I had the name wrong when you started questioning me. I was like, no, I know this name. I certainly <laughs> didn't do any research on it. That's obvious at this point. Um, my, my need is wide receiver. So, yes, I definitely did look at You must have dove slightly deeper than I did. <laughs> yes. uh, one of my favorite fits is Devonta Smith. I mean, out of the top three, I think he falls into the best spot to become the number one right off the bat. Yes, I know they invested a first-round draft pick in a wide receiver last year. Um, Jalen Rager. Rager there. And um, they do still have the two tight ends, but uh, I think Ertz is easing out the door. But, yeah, I think Devonta Smith is, is, is slotted right to go into the number one role. And he was another one that let, – let's talk about this for just a split second if we can, if we can dive off our, our notes. Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith. And Jalen Waller are all going to be catching passes in the NFL from guys they caught passes from in college. So you're going to have some chemistry right out the door, which is going to be big for those guys. I, I do think Devonta Smith is a great fit, but I've got two fits that are better for, for that than him. The first one, I've got to talk about my boys. i got to throw homage to my boys. The Atlanta Falcons did not screw up a draft finally. They, they, they drafted Kyle Pitts. He's the most athletic player in the draft. 
long arms, the biggest recorded wingspan of any um, tight end in NFL history, and he's a red zone threat who the Falcons have been desperately needing. That's the first one. So the other the other fit that I think is great. So, yes, I've, I've got Kyle Pitts as my number one fit, but my 1B is Amon Ross St. Brown. We talk about the Lions wide receiving corp, Quintez Cephas, Ty, uh, Tyrell Williams, and uh, uh, Rashad Perryman. You add Amon Ross St. Brown, the USC wide receiver here, and he instantly, in my mind, should be the number one on target share there. Should be the number one on target share. Maybe – Maybe DeAndre Swift is, is more, but I, I think Amon Ross St. Brown fits really well there. And then also you keep talking about great fits. Aaron Rodgers, if he stays in Green Bay, Amari Rodgers oh, absolutely. could be an amazing fit there. Oh, yeah. Now, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, I, my faith in any of the wide receivers not named Devontae Adams drops significantly. But I, I there's those I, I do think Devonta Smith was a great pickup. I do. But I also think that Kyle Pitts, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Amari Rogers were also solid fits in their in their schemes. Um, uh, the one running back that I'm really really excited about um, is Najee Harris. All right, and let's talk about this for a minute because yes, Pittsburgh all, Pittsburgh's offensive line is not what it was. Okay, it, it's not the 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 uh, the, the backfield that Le- Le'Veon Bell was running from. Okay. But we got a noodle arm quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who can't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. That should benefit Najee Harris as a pass catching back. We've got Anthony McFarland and what Jalen Samuel and Benny Snell as the running backs in front of him. And we're we're sitting here and we're 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 looking at this backfield and we're going, well, what's the catch? Well, the no, there is no catch. Najee Harris to me is the only running back that landed in a spot that truly is a three-down roll right out the gate. Yes, I would have rather seen Najee Harris go someplace like Miami or possibly Atlanta if he would have slid far enough or or someplace where he would have been in a better scheme, a better um, offensive line. But all things considered, you can't be upset with Najee Harris's landing spot. Absolutely not. Um, you, got, you got a line that's, yes, they lost a lot to it. But that line is deep enough, and I think it's going to be instant rebuild for them. I think that they're going to figure it out. Mike Tomlin's not going to have a bad run game again. No, I don't, I, I don't think so either. And I think you got the perfect back. I, I agree. I think uh, I think you're going to see the best of both worlds with with the best of James Conner and the best of Le'Veon Bell with Najee Harris. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that moves forward. Um, if you if you are running back needing, you have a top three pick. You're hoping Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase go in front of you, um, so you're able to draft this guy. Um, stick let's stick with the running backs a little bit. Michael Carter went Absolutely. to a great spot. I think Michael Carter could end up being a, a top three running back out of this class. Now, uh, I'm not willing to completely cast out Lamichael P. Ryan from last year just yet, because if you if you take last year's running back class and you drop it into this year. You're going to see a lot of those guys in front of a lot of other guys in this in this class. So I'm talking Najee Harris would still be a top three back in last year's class. Travis Etienne would probably be a top five running back in last year's class. But then the bottom really drops out on on the 2021 class and the 2020 class would be in front of it. So I'm not sure Michael or Michael Carter is going to be more um, a, a better running back first year than. Um, LaMichael P. Ryan will be. I think it'll be a committee there. I will say one thing, though. The New York Jets now lead the league, and Michael Carter's on their team. They drafted yes. a safety from Duke as well. Uh, don't forget, they also have Tevin Coleman there at the they Jets. Do. That's going 
if he can stay healthy, he's already he's already played for that coach. He probably knows a little bit of the system he's going to be putting in. Um, I think Coleman will steal some catches, but yeah, I think I think Michael Carter outside of Najee Harris, I think he has the, one of the best paths to become the instant starter there. I, I've got three other running backs here that I that I like. Uh, Kenne Nguagu, the the backup from Ohio State or Iowa State, excuse me. If Bryce Hall was not in the picture, okay, at Iowa State, which he is, so we can't change that. Kenne Nguagu might be the number one, one back coming out of next, next year. year. Yes, Kenny Nguagu. If he played anywhere else and wasn't behind Bryce Hall, we would have been talking about him in our top five backs coming into this. He's explosive, got a great 40 time, good four cone drill time, um, very explosive, very elusive. And let's not act like Dalvin Cook doesn't get hurt almost right. every season. If that happens, I think you're going to see Kenny Nuagu be the guy, not uh, Alexander Madison. So if yes. you have Tevin or uh, Dalvin Cook, you may want to scoop this kid up. Um, another one I have is Khalil Herbert. I'm going to talk about this one for a brief second here. Khalil Herbert is another one that he's down further on the depth chart, okay, but he's got a great chance to work his way up there because he has something that David Montgomery nor Darren Damian Williams have, and that's breakaway speed, okay. Uh, David Montgomery's great between the tackles. He's great at making guys miss. He's great at shedding tackles. Damian Williams was a should have been the Super Bowl MVP two years ago in Kansas City, um, sat out last season, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. But Khalil Herbert's a stud. Got the breakaway speed. He can make guys miss. He's shifty. He's a good one-cut running back out of the backfield from Virginia Tech. And the Bears got him with a steal in the sixth round. The only thing that worries me is, is they still have t- or, uh, Tariq Cohen there, too. They do have Tariq Cohen there. You're right. I think Tariq Cohen could end up seeing a lot of time in the slot, though, this year um, with Daryl Mooney and Allen Robinson outside. I know Allen Robinson moves all over in the formation. Uh, but I a think lot of talks of Anthony Miller getting traded. Yes, I, and I think – I think they will try to simplify the offense a lot first year for Justin Fields there, um, who I have as a riser as well because the Bears were so aggressive to go get him and they're hanging their careers on him there in Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. Um, but um, And then the last running back I have is, is Jared Dokes, the running back out of uh, Cincinnati that the Dolphins picked up. Again, same situation uh, as Khalil Herbert, but he's got the names in front of him are Miles Gaskin, um, who was the other breakout guy that might uh, uh, um, uh, Ahmed Salvin Salvin Ahmed? Yeah, Ahmed there. Um, Dokes, if he comes in and does what everybody thinks he could do in that system, he could instantly move himself to the two, get in, a, get a committee with uh, Miles Gaskin, and then you would you might be surprised that they might ride the hot hand. If if Jared Dokes is that hot hand, you could see his his ceiling go way up. Absolutely, absolutely. So <laughs> let's jump into this. I got one more receiver that we or we did already talk about Elijah Moore. Never mind. We have not. Oh, we didn't. Okay, sorry, I marked it. Elijah Moore uh, went to the New York Jets. He's going to be the slot guy for a new QB. He's got speed and great hands. Um, his value rises to me because Crowder's been a cut talk pretty much all off season. So they're already they already drafted his replacement and Elijah Moore, and I think Moore just falls right into that nice fit. Um, uh, for the um, for the new rookie quarterback who's going to want to do some uh, short passes. And, and this guy, I mean, Elijah Moore just creates creates space, and he's so fast that he, he, his yak ability is, is outstanding. Um, he's one of the guys that really raised up my board. I was, I was kind of low on him with his size and everything else, but he's definitely jumped well up my board. Yeah, uh, the, the last receiver I have that's, that's kind of on my radar at this point is Nico Collins. 
Nico Collins again was was the number one wide receiver recruit coming out in the 2016 recruiting class for college, and again he went to Michigan and they had shoddy quarterback play at best. Um, and he goes into a spot where he could walk in and be the number one. Brandon Cooks is it the Brandon Cooks we get some games? Is the Brandon Cooks we get other games? We don't know. Uh, and Kiki Kuti is not a number one wide receiver. No. Sorry for those of you that may have thought he was. Um, yes, a lot of this is dependent on what happens with Deshaun Watson. Um, but Nico Collins could be an absolute stud. He could be the DeAndre Hopkins that they traded away. I understand that's a high ceiling to to label on a guy that was drafted as late as, as Nico Collins was. But Nico Collins is a stud. Yep. Don't get it twisted. Just because his college numbers weren't there, he is a stud. Now, if he comes in and doesn't want to work, wants to rest on his laurels, you, you'll see him be their third wide receiver, maybe fourth. But he he, he could be their number, the number one there, um, which, which brings me to their quarterback – which is Davis Mills out of Stanford, who they drafted with their first pick that they had in the third round, thanks to some of the great trades of uh, Bill O'Brien's yes. uh, yesterday's past, if you will. But <coughs> excuse me, but Davis Mills is a, is a guy who, who's coming in. He's very intelligent. Uh, he, he's not the greatest uh, arm strength, but he's got he's capable, and he's going to go into a spot where Deshaun Watson may not be there. This year, he may be suspended. We don't know if he's going to be suspended at all. He could be suspended six games. He could be suspended a full year. We don't know what's going to happen with that. So Davis Mills's value is already substantially higher than some of these other quarterbacks that that, that got drafted later. Um, I, I have a couple tight ends that I want to bring up. Uh, if you don't have anything else you want to bring up right off the bat, uh, Pat Freermuth going to the Steelers. I feel feel like was a steal for the great, Steelers. Great. They have Eric Ebron already, and Ebron has has been okay at times, and then not okay at times. Uh, again, we talked about it. If you listen to our podcast religiously, you would have heard us talk about Pat Fearmuth in pretty good detail in our tight end episode. If it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, Pat Fearmuth would have been the best tight end in this class. He's going to be capable. I, I I see Pat Fearmuth with the with the Steelers, not necessarily this year because of the quarterback play with Ben Roethlisberger at his age. But at Pat Fearmuth, they get a quarterback there next year, something like that, and and. Whatever Pat Freemuth could be a, a perennial top ten tight end. Absolutely, another another tight end that we didn't even talk about. I don't think in our top five tight ends that I think is going to uh, have a chance to slide into a decent little role is uh, uh, John Bates from Boise State. He's going to the Washington Football Team. Yes, I know they have Logan Thomas, who was another low draft pick, if not undrafted, last year. But I think John Bates has all the opportunity in the world to get take over the the starting tight end there. Um, so that's a name that you just maybe put in the back of your mind and maybe keep an eye out on for. Yeah. Um, I, I've also got uh, uh, Trey McKitty, the tight end from Georgia. We, we did talk about him on our tight end episode. He goes to the Chargers and gets to sit for a year behind Jared Cook with Justin Herbert, who we all know is a dynamic quarterback at this point. And if Trey McKitty comes in and, and looks good in camp, you could see him surpass the old man and, and Jared Cook. And as young as he is, you put a dynamic – quarterback with a with a decent tight end this tight end is going to have fantasy relevancy all right we've seen it before in the past um look what look what austin hooper did with matt ryan and then he leaves and goes to baker mayfield and the browns and he's not as good right um but but uh, not to compare justin herbert to matt ryan or or say there's but they have similarities they're both big bodied quarterbacks whatever and they you give uh Trey McKitty a chance to learn the system, and you could see him develop into a Hunter Henry-esque player. Uh, and then the last one I got is, is Brevin Jordan, the tight end from the University of Miami. Again, 
fell into a pretty good spot. Yes, there's some some tight end depth already with uh, with Jordan Akins and Darren Fells there in, in Houston. But neither one of those guys ever broke out and could be consistent. It was kind of what you saw a lot with the Rams with Higby and Everett. It just depended on which game. You had to roll the dice a little bit. Um, similar with Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard uh, mm-hmm. prior to Gronk getting there. Um, so Brevin Jordan is walking into another spot where he could insert himself as the number one tight end, and that's – Again, if, if Deshaun Watson plays, that could be huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's play a little game here. Quarterbacks outside of uh, Lawrence. Who, Which quarterback do you think could slide into the top ten this year? This year? This year. Um, we're going to talk about a redraft league. Maybe somebody to draft at the end that you think can slide into the top ten. So I've got I've got two answers here for you, all right? Um, Justin Fields is a guy I think that could, that could very well <laughs> easily be a top ten quarterback next year. But I want to throw a, a little curveball at you here. If you're talking about best quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence in three years, my answer is much different. Who you got? Kyle Trask from the University of Florida that gets to go learn behind Tom Brady for a year or two in Tampa Bay and then walk into those weapons that they have in Tampa Bay. It could be huge for a guy like Kyle Trask. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. could be huge. Uh, mine was um, uh, Mac Jones could possibly slide in. Um if if he can take over Cam Newton, well, Cam Newton's you know su- Superman. I'm can't see me, but I'm I'm pulling up my jersey right now. Yeah. Su- yeah. Superman. I think Mac Jones has the ability to maybe take off and and, and finish right there in the top ten. Um, but yeah, so let's go running backs. So not Najee Harris. All right, I'm going to let you take first crack at this. Not Najee Harris. Michael Carter would be my best one to to possibly crack the top ten there. Is so Michael Carter with the Jets because I just think he's got the easiest path to a starting running back role. Listen, this is this is going to be controversial, but I, I I've done so much darn research on this running back class because of my needs. Travis Etienne could still be a top ten running back. Again, I love James Robinson. He's an, he's a local boy from 20 miles up the road here from where we do our cast. Was great last year, but we also talked about it in the podcast. I said I didn't want them to add it. I didn't think they needed to, uh, but his workload's not going to be what it was last year. And it, let's let's say you put Travis Etienne in there, and he and he he only has the third down role this year. Okay, Tra- Trevor Lawrence already has chemistry established with him. Tra- Trevor Lawrence is going to look his way sometimes on third and short. He's going to have a chance to get four or five catches a game and maybe five or six rushes. I, I'm going to guess that he's, it's going to be closer to ten rushes a game for him and probably three or four passes. He gets ten rushes a game and three or four passes. You're going to see him average a touchdown every other game. He could still be a top ten running back this year. I, I really, really do like uh, Travis Etienne still. Not enough that if with me having the number two pick, if I get to pick between him and Najee Harris, I will not take him. But if I was sitting at number four, and I needed a running back, and ETN was staring me in the face. I'm not passing on him. Right. Um, what? <clears throat> let, let's talk about wide receiver for a minute. But let's let's take it let's take it a step further. Let's make this a little harder. Let's take Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle out of the equation. We still doing top ten though. Top Somebody you think could creep into the top ten? Amron St. Brown. Okay. I mean, he's got the clearest path. I think he's better skilled than than, than Williams that they added. And, and, and Perryman that they added. I think Amron St. Brown, we don't know what kind of chemistry he's going to have with Jared Goff. So, I mean, maybe they come out of camp and have zero chemistry. Maybe they come out with 110% chemistry. So I think he's got a good shot of, of creeping into the uh, creeping into the wide receiver one category. So obviously I, I like that, that a lot because I, I think he's going to have a huge target share. And part of me wants to say Amari Rodgers, but – Let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams. He's going to look his way 95% of the time still, even with Amari Rodgers. So I'm going to go Nico Collins. Again, Love it. Nico Collins is a guy that, that his draft stock is so bad because of how bad his quarterback play was in college 
But if he gets to play a 16-game season or 17-game season now, if you will, with Deshaun Watson, he could easily be a top 10 wide receiver. And I'm telling you right now, guys, he's going to go in the mid to late second round in, in rookie drafts or third round, and he's going to be a steal for somebody if Deshaun Watson plays and if Nico Collins is going in with a chip on his shoulder and he wants to bust his butt. He could easily be a top 10. He could be a wide receiver one, if not a low uh, low wide receiver one, high wide receiver two right out the gate because let's face it, Brandon Cooks is is is, is spotty. He misses time, uh, and Kiki Kuti's just not that guy i mean look what will fuller was able to do in that system last year and then you put a guy like nico collins who's more talented and has a bigger skill tree than a will fuller and you could see similar numbers to what deandre hopkins used to do with deshaun watson absolutely absolutely all right so we got to wrap it up we got to do the last position we have to but i'm gonna make this even harder on you we're gonna take out kyle pitts obviously he's gonna be the best tight end in this class avoiding injuries and Pat Fearmuth is the obvious answer at number two here. Let's let's talk about some of these other guys. Um, I see. I'm throwing. I see. I threw you for a loop here. Yeah, I was just gonna say Pat Fearmuth. I was gonna say the obvious answer on that one. Um, I gotta go with. I don't know. Why don't, you, why don't you take this one while I look through my tight end so list here? I'm going to be a jerk right now, and I'm going to say I have a tie between Brevin, Brevin Jordan and Trey McKitty because, again, it's going to be which one breaks the, the barrier and becomes the tight end one in their system. You know, Trey McKitty's got Jared Cook in front of him, but he also has Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. Brevin Jordan's going to walk in somewhere between uh, first and third string tight end based on what uh, Darren Fells and, and Jordan Akins do, but he could have just Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball. Whichever one of these two emerges as the tight end one on their team first, if I had to pick, I'm going to say that I think it'll be Brevin Jordan just because he was better in college than Trey McKitty. But Trey McKitty's got an easier op opportunity to get there. But I'm going to say I'm going to say Trey McKitty because I I know who his quarterback should be, uh, barring injury. I don't know barring injury who the quarterback's going to be for Houston Week One because I don't know what's going on with the legal situation there for Deshaun Watson. Absolutely, I'm going to go with. Um, I, I think Trey McKinney is is the obvious pick on it. I, I couldn't really find anybody else that has a clear shot to. Hunter Long's got a chance. Yeah. It's an outside chance. Mike Jacecki was fine last year. Bates does too, but I just I, I think McKinney or um, Jordan are the, are the two obvious answers here. I couldn't find anybody else that has a closer role to stealing targets and getting getting some time yeah i i agree um so I, I think we've kind of wrapped up and touched on a lot of things here we like and don't like about this draft class a lot of things that we were enjoyed about the draft uh, i do have to say my, my favorite move of the draft if, if you want to throw one out there that's cool too um but it was the chicago bears trading up and getting justin fields finally being aggressive yes i understand it was an easy choice to make because ryan pace should be and is on the hot seat i would have to imagine but he extended his career because when you draft a quarterback, we all know they're not going to fire you after one season of that quarterback, especially as high, highly as they drafted him. He's going to get by himself a couple more years, and, and his career is tied to Justin Fields now. But if Justin Fields can come out and be relevant, Ryan Pace extended his career. My favorite move is also the Bears, but it's their second round moving up to get Jenkins, that offensive tackle who was projected as a first-round draft pick. They went up, they got their quarterback, and then they got the guy to protect his blind side and really sure up that line. Uh, the Bears had one of the best drafts that they've had in a long time. Um, they were very aggressive, and it, it's hopefully it will pay off for them and make that division a little more competitive. 
It, it, and how funny is it? Justin Fields may be the best quarterback in that division if Aaron Rodgers gets it's traded. Possible. What if if you had to say though, looking at the draft from rounds one through seven, what team do you think did the best, and what team do you think did the worst? Uh, the Seahawks did the worst. Okay. Because we, I don't think we really needed to get a wide receiver in the third round. We could have, you know, taken, you know, Humphrey, a tight end, uh, Humphrey, or any of the other offensive linemen that were still there. Um, Your boy from Wisconsin, Whitewater. <laughs> stop, stop. That's when I turned the draft off day two. Turned it off day one when Rashard Bateman got. Um, I think Seattle had one of the worst drafts, and I think, um, I think the Bears had probably the best draft. I just do. I just think that they addressed all their needs and then added that that running back uh, Herbert late and I just I, I think the Bears really did good yeah so for me it's a tie for the best I think the Lions really kind of nailed this draft um Penny Sewell falling to them where they were able to get him was a, was a steal for them um they were able to add some pass catching weapons as well for Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers leaves that division's wide open mm-hmm. you're gonna tell me right now that the Lions have no chance I'm gonna tell you you're a liar they have a less chance than, than the other teams but they have a chance Jared Goff He's been in the MVP conversations in the past. He's been to the Super Bowl. He and they did a lot to improve that team. But but I have to go. I have to agree with NFL Network. I'd be I'd be a, a, out of my mind to disagree with them. And you know, you know, say it what you want. But the Atlanta Falcons at the best overall grade from NFL Network, and those people are experts, right? I mean, you know, they do this for a living. And who am I to argue if they think that my team did have the best draft? What are the odds? Your team has the best one. Mine probably had the worst one. And, and I, I have to admit, as a Falcons fan, I was pleasantly surprised through this entire draft. We didn't jump for anybody. We made a couple trades. We were able to get a couple extra picks. And Kyle Pitts, baby, most athletic <laughs> – I, 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 as long as I can remember being a Falcons fan, we've always had GMs come in and talk about BPA, best player available, best player available. And then we draft for something we have no need in or whatever. And the best player available was Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we have Hayden Hurst on the roster, but best player on the on the roster or on the on the in the draft athletic wise. And the Falcons didn't screw it up. I was pleasantly surprised. If I had to go with a team that dropped the ball. As much as I like Amari Rodgers, I think the Green Bay Packers did themselves an in-service. They drafted a cornerback in the first round. They took uh, uh, the kid from Georgia. His name is Eric Stokes. Stokes. Stokes is a good cornerback. He wasn't the best quarterback on the cornerback on the board when they took him. And you pissed off Aaron Rodgers. All Aaron Rodgers wants is you to add some weapons. That's all he needs is some weapons. That man was an MVP with one stud wide receiver and a bunch of other players that nobody knows about. Add the man some weapons and you keep him happy. Instead, they're sitting here in turmoil because Aaron Rodgers wants to leave because they didn't do enough last year and they didn't do enough this year in my book. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm demanding a trade I want out to. I get it. I want you out, Aaron Rodgers. Go to the Denver Broncos so Cortland Sutton can be relevant. <laughs> and Judy. And Jerry. Well, what? I don't own Judy, so I don't care. Um, but anyway, uh, next week we got an ex- exciting episode coming to you. We're going to have a guest uh, guest appearance on the show, yeah. a buddy of ours that's that does some good, decent fantasy research, and we're going to do a mock draft. Are we doing a rookie mock draft? Or are we doing a whole shemang? Um, not sure yet. Stay tuned. I don't know yet what we're <laughs> doing either. I don't know either. yet either. I we'll think either, maybe we'll do a redraft. We might do a whole redraft. We might do a rookie draft. We'll have to wait and see. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to squeeze two in. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. We'll come at come back at you with that next week. Then we're going to start diving right into some projections and some other things. Next week, I also want to break down some of these undrafted rookies that may have some type of impact on their team. Some deeper guys to look at, your dynasty guys. Uh, some dynasty sleepers, if yes, you will. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, so so stay tuned. That's where we're, where we're at right now. Um, 
And as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends.